0: In past episodes, we've talked at length about the need to create personalized experiences and connect with our customers and prospects in new and innovative ways. Melding personalization with new forms of connection, even though it's daunting, is becoming increasingly essential in today's AI-transformed era of modern marketing. And that's what we're talking about today on Experience Leadership.
1: Welcome to Experience Leadership, a podcast that challenges small business owners and entrepreneurs just like you to dare to be the exception. Join our host, customer experience expert, Mark Hain, as he uncovers relevant and timely content to help you script and direct your business and teams to create jaw-dropping experiences your customers and staff deserve. Here is the host of Experience Leadership, author of Lights, Camera, Action, customer experience expert, Mark Hain. Thank you
0: for joining me today. I am your host customer and employee experience strategist, Mark Hain. I'm thrilled that you are here spending some time with me today. My guest for this episode is the CEO and founder of Kush Digital, Aziz Musa. Today, we will be putting a spotlight on the seismic shift that's occurring in marketing due to the integration of artificial intelligence. We will explore how AI is reshaping not just content creation, but also things like search engine optimization, customer engagement, and the entire landscape of digital marketing. We will delve into how businesses can adapt to this new era, where the value of content is evolving, and the importance of maintaining and creating genuine personal interactions with our online content. Our discussion will not only highlight the immediate strategies to leverage AI, but also prepare you for the important long-term implications of marketing in a world that's increasingly driven by personal connection and advanced technology. My one ask for you today is, if you do know somebody who could use this information, please go ahead and share a link to this episode. In today's fast-paced digital world, AI is burgeoning in marketing, not just as a trend, but as a complete paradigm shift. Traditional content and traditional content-driven methods are losing their edge completely. The the challenge lies in adapting to a landscape where AI is influencing every facet of our marketing, pushing the value of personal face-to-face interactions to the forefront, believe it or not. People are thinking, hey, if it's AI, we're going to lose all this human connection. But really, the demand is completely opposite. And as we navigate these changes, I'm really curious to hear about your experiences and your thoughts. So that brings us to our question of the day. So in the last year or so, what challenges or successes have you encountered in integrating AI into your marketing strategies? Are you able to leverage the magic that is AI? (laughs) I'd love for you to share your questions or your stories in the comment box. If you're joining us live here, I'd love to see you pop your questions and your comments here. We will answer them live on air. Or if you're watching it on the replay, go ahead and Put the comments in, we'll pop back in on YouTube to make sure that we answer your questions, but we'll also maybe share it on social media using the hashtag experience leadership. I'd love for us to dive into this transformative journey together. As I mentioned, my guest today is a visionary leader whose story transcends borders and industries. The CEO and founder of Kush Digital, Aziz Musa. Aziz's journey is really a testament to the visionary leadership and his indomitable spirit. As the youngest public company CEO, publicly traded company, I should say, CEO in the UK, he had already carved out a really great niche for himself in the corporate world. Yet it was his bold move to Sudan in 2017 that truly defines his legacy. With an aim to build a digital economy, Aziz founded Kush Digital. However, as war erupted, businesses crumbled, and the landscape became more increasingly volatile, so he decided to relocate to Egypt. What was interesting about that was, despite the challenges, Kush Digital didn't even just survive, they thrived. Their clients didn't even know they moved. (laughs) They emerged now as North Africa's premier digital marketing agency and making waves all over the Middle East. But Aziz's vision for Sudan was broader than just one successful company. He recognized the transformative power of digital knowledge in a country on the cusp of major change. With this in mind, he trained over 4,000 Sudanese individuals in digital marketing, entirely free of charge. This wasn't just about imparting skills, it was about catalyzing change. This is one man catalyzing massive change. And as a result, hundreds of startups sprouted, heralding the birth of Sudan's digital economy. In the face of adversity, Aziz didn't just safeguard his company. Really, he sowed the seeds for a nation's digital awakening. Aziz, welcome to the show, my friend. It is so great to have you here.
2: It is my absolute pleasure, Mark. It's so great to be with you.
0: Ah, fantastic. Before we get too deep into today's topic, could you just tell us a little bit about how you serve your clients?
2: Sure. So we have clients around the globe, from the UK, US, uh, into Saudi Arabia, and they work across multiple industries. We are kind of industry agnostic. So we offer digital marketing services, that's SEO, SEM, social media, paid ads, content. And I think The topic of today's discussion impacts us first, us as a digital marketing agency, and by proxy, every other digital marketing agency and their clients. So I think that there's kind of a lot for us to dive into today, and I'm really excited for the conversation.
0: Yeah, and likewise, uh, I've just, you know, this whole idea of artificial intelligence and how it's not only just affecting marketing, it's affecting businesses all over and and kind of how we create, how we start brainstorming and using the technology, especially the generative AI that's out there now. Since we are talking about marketing, can you define what we mean by traditional marketing or traditional content marketing?
2: So, look, there are lots of sort of standardized definitions. You know, the CIM based in the UK talks about a value exchange. In the US, it's, it's more focused around satisfying customer needs. I have my own very specific idea of what marketing is, and it's something that I've kind of lived with for, for the last decade or so. Us, as marketers, we only have one job. And that is to change your behavior. That's it. We don't really do anything other than that. So, that behavior can be a small behavior. It could be you engaging in a piece of content, telling a friend about something, or it could be a really big behavior, which is buying a product or buying a service, or the very biggest of all behaviors, which is telling your friends and family about that product and service. So, ultimately, all we do as marketers is we aim to change your behavior. Now, in terms of content content marketing is just a small facet of that so if we want to if i wanted to change your behavior mark ultimately i need to be able to get to your five senses i need to be able to influence you in some way uh so you know the easiest way is through your eyes so wherever your eyes are that's where we should be marketing there are other ways too i'm sure you've noticed if you ever walk past a the cinnabon there is that smell the very very specific smell associated with Cinnabon, well, that is a manufactured smell, right? So they distribute that smell on purpose because that creates associations in your mind. Really, as, as marketers, we just try and change your behavior. Uh, and if we do it successfully, we end up achieving whatever company's goals we have in front of us.
0: So then when we think about what's happening with the artificial intelligence within our world now, what are some of the most significant changes AI has brought to the marketing landscape because you are talking about this idea of the more we understand you as a human being the more we can deal with you as a human being to change your behavior how is ai brought how is it changing this marketing landscape now
2: well listen i think you you used two words in your introduction which were exactly right seismic and paradigm and both of those are absolutely true there is currently a paradigm shift which will lead to a seismic shift in how marketing is done and i'm i'm absolutely sure of that so Look, as a company, we have we adopted AI tools really early, up to, you know, two and a half years ago. We were using a, a tool called WriteSonic, which was one of the first on the market. We were one of their first customers. And it was relatively basic, but it was quite clear where the approach was going. And then ChatGPT came in and changed the game, if you'd like. Mm-hmm. So as things are today, content that you read is being produced by AI. Now, to a layman, They wouldn't necessarily notice the difference. As marketers, we can always tell if something is AI written, but it's not what's happening now that is so enthralling. It's what's about to happen because you mentioned before. You know, ultimately, what you want to be able to do is you want to be able to create personalized content for every individual. So imagine a world where when you open Facebook, you don't have you know an advert which is targeted to you as a segment. You know, a male uh, living in Canada who likes I I don't know um, fishing, for example. You know, what if that ad was targeted to you, Mark Hain, addressing you personally and your personal preferences by name? That's kind of where we're going. But ultimately, what is the most likely outcome is that we will be so bombarded with personalized messages and personalized engagements that we'll switch off from them and we'll refer, we'll revert back to let's call it real marketing, face-to-face interactions, things like this, things that are real and human. And look, in history, there are so many examples of this. this you know, I believe this based on what has happened in the past. I mean, look, we're both of an age where we probably remember our first work emails. Do, do you remember getting your first work email address? It was magical. It was like, oh my God,
0: I am part of this new human era.
2: <laughs> and at that time, let's say in that first year, If you were to guess, what percentage of emails did you open and engage with?
0: Oh, every
2: single one of them. And today? Delete, 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 delete. Exactly. (laughs) And that's what we tend to do, right? As marketers, we see a channel that works and then we squeeze it until it is absolutely exhausted. And then ultimately we wait for the next huge paradigm shift. So we aren't at that point with AI yet because AI is, you know, pretty good at language and getting there with imagery, but it's still got the evolution of video as well. You know, um, I think within the next sort of 12 months, we'll start to see really impressive. I mean, in fact, I saw uh, Reel's generative AI engine, which is just phenomenal, frankly. But having those available at enterprise level versus having them available at, at sort of consumer level are two different things. And I think we'll get to that point really quickly. And at that point, as consumers, as people, as humans, we'll start to say, okay, so, Actually, I just want to talk to someone.
0: It's so funny that you said that because it mimics exactly what I've just presented. I presented an AI presentation to the speaking industry and how, you know, we're going to see, like typically in the speaking industry, the uh, the barrier to entry is very low anyway. But now it's going to be made even lower because anybody can use generative AI to generate their content. They could go up on a stage, become a thought regurgitator. People will at some point go... And they'll start figuring it out because everybody's going to be talking the same. And so it's going to change, I think, how we focus on the intentionality we bring, I think, to our jobs because we do want to be able to say, I am unique and here's the value I'm going to bring for you. And to your point, this window that we're talking about now seems to be quite small because to your point, the minute everybody targets me by name, after a while, it's going to get old, and it, that will no longer work. So then it becomes what's the next iteration for that, right? It's really interesting.
2: I think you're right. I, I think you're 100% right. I think that, you know, ha, what, what is the time frame? I don't know. My, I'm working as an agency owner to an 18-month time frame. Mm-hmm. I believe that all digital agencies of my size will yeah. need to fundamentally—well, firstly, we've got 18 months of— making hay, you know, we yes. can like, we can do great stuff in the next 18 months. And a lot of our growth is because of that. Cause essentially what AI has allowed us to do is to scale our business significantly faster than we would have been able to in the past. But after that point, we need to have a, a very clear strategic plan as to how we will evolve beyond AI. And we need to be in the process of executing that. Uh, so I think we've got 18 months. I hope we've got two and a half years. But you know, it came onto the world so quickly; it evolved so much faster. And so, who really knows?
0: And it's still evolving. One, one of the yeah. metaphors I used in my presentation was: a year ago, like last November, we were in the Wright Brother stage of air of flight, and then six months yes. in, we were in the airliner. And <laughs> this year, we're in the the space shuttle era, and we're like months away from being in the Starship era of. Generative AI and all the different things is just happening so very quickly.
2: Yeah, I think you're right, and I think that a lot of corporates, larger organizations, will be slow to adapt. They just always are. It's it's a natural uh, facet of being a, a larger organization. Humans in groups tend to evolve slower than you know those who are uh, in the wilderness by themselves and have to evolve sort of sort of quicker. And we see that we see that in in almost everything in human behavior. Like if you look, if you go down. The streets in New York, you know, they still build they still build houses with with five or six steps in front of them because in the eighteen hundreds horses used to leave their their muck on the on the road and you needed space. But so that's a behaviour that died a hundred years ago, and yet we still do it, right? Yes. So I tend to think of like large corporates in in that with that sort of uh, heuristic, but for the rest of us, particularly for your audience, there are huge opportunities in front of them right now. Uh, which they should take advantage of.
0: So in your experience, in your realm, what are some of the misconceptions around AI in marketing? What what are you hearing uh, this day and age?
2: I think a lot of the misconceptions, firstly, I think there's a lot of inertia. People don't necessarily understand the value uh, that it brings right now and what you can do with it. So, you know, let's just take a real example. 12 months ago, even with AI, the first generative versions of AI through WriteSonic and other tools, we were able to produce for clients eight to 10 pieces of written content of a decent standard. They still needed a copywriter to go through them every month. We can today produce 80 pieces of written content, blogs or or whatever, for that same client with the same resource. So I think that many companies simply aren't taking advantage of what's there right now, or or maybe aren't aware of, of what the advantages are to using it right now. I think another misconception is that all AI content as it's written today, is generic. It's almost like cut and paste, you know, it's taking things from the internet and cutting and pasting, but but that's simply not true. You know, you can train your AI to write in a semblance of a way that you write using a, a cadence of writing that you use. You can train AI on very specific things like your brand guidelines or, you know, your the history of your founder. You can really train AI to be really quite specific. and. As of today, the layperson who reads content won't necessarily know that it is AI written. Mm-hmm. As marketers who use AI every day, it's it's quite clear to us, uh, but it's becoming more difficult, particularly with the last update from OpenAI. Yeah,
0: yeah. it's And it's interesting because, you know, somebody wrote a book. She used it as a sample of what you could do with AI, but yet when you read it, I mean, to me, it's clear that this is artificially generated. And part of the challenge is that, you know, in the content that you're reading, are there any personal stories? <laughs> because that's yes. one thing that AI is not really great at doing yet. And when it does, it's amazing how much it mimics stories across different platforms with different kind of, like, there, you realize that there's a flow and a formula that AI is using that just doesn't happen in normal human writing, so.
2: Yeah, you're quite right. Like, if I give you an example of how we train an AI, so this is almost a perfect example, right? So we're going to talk for the next half an hour or, or whatever, and And someone in the team at the end of this process will export this video and they'll use another AI tool called otter.ai and they'll take out the entire transcript and they'll then move that into our GPT, which is specifically for writing content that would come from my voice and it will train based on this conversation. So any personal stories that I use, it now has in its memory bank that it will use in the future. So again, you know, how people are using the AIs is is, is, is interesting. Mm-hmm. But I also think that, are you on LinkedIn? I am indeed. Do you engage sort of regularly? Yeah. So LinkedIn is, is the, the, the most curious platform to me because of all of the platforms that should really have gone, you know, all in on personal connection and events, it should have been LinkedIn. Yet it was the first of the platforms to integrate AI content. You know, you can write your post using AI, within the LinkedIn platform, which I just thought was crazy. Like, of all of the platforms that should be focusing on personal connection, it should have been LinkedIn.
0: Mm-hmm. Interesting. Eh? You know, I do know that, you know, being a consultant for small businesses and seeing a lot of SMEs and kind of how they run, you mentioned the bigger our our teams are, the slower we are to adapt things. But what risks do you think businesses face by clinging to traditional marketing methods in this new era?
2: Speed. That is the main issue that anyone who sort of sticks to the status quo will face, speed. Now, ultimately, you know, any startup requires speed. It requires the speed to fail, I always say. You know, you've got to fail and you've got to accept that that is a natural consequence, a natural part of the steps to success are are failures. And the quicker you can go through those evolutions of failure, the quicker you achieve success, whatever that really means. Yeah. So AI is just a Used correctly, can be a catalyst for that. It can be a catalyst to help you s- speed up those cycles, so that you get through those experiments quicker, so that you get the learnings quicker, so that you can evolve your business quicker. So that's the the main thing that they're missing out on. Now, at the same time, in highly competitive markets, they aren't alone. Startups are, not, are just not alone. And so, you know, your next door neighbor, who's who's in the same industry as you, also starting in his um, you know, in his home office maybe part-time because he, he works a full-time job, he is using AI and he'll scale through those, those, those cycles of failure much faster than you and therefore get traction in his business much faster.
0: Amazing. And so this idea of time, I mean, obviously time is money. So now it's also cheaper to leverage and to build, to your point, that jump over that failure is going to cost us a lot less than what it cost us four years ago.
2: Absolutely. Not only will it cost less, it will also help, use correctly, it will also help you avoid failures that have already happened in other places. So Mm -hmm. one of the ways that I I try, whenever we hire new people to go through a training program and one of the parts of the training is to befriend the AI. And we mean that quite literally, make it your friend and use it for everyday questions, everything like how do I make bechamel to, you know, what should my BMI be? Everything that you would ask of a friend or of a neighbor, ask it of the AI And it. It is a data bank of so much information. And yeah, it's not 100% accurate, but it's there to help you sort of understand what are the potential failures beforehand. We have a board in our office called the Experiments Board. And a large part of digital marketing is, you know, try and it's sort of you fail, but you improve, and you fail, but you improve. So we run experiments on for clients, maybe 80 experiments a month. What we've started doing now is we've started to explain the experiment to the AI first and then ask it, what are potential things that could fail within this experiment? And that allows us to make the experiment itself more robust because we understand, oh, yeah, actually, that might happen. Okay, let's just change this copy to that. Let's change that image to that. And it sort of, you know, it allows you to, to resolve for some of those potential pitfalls much earlier in the process. And therefore, like you said, you know, which is much quicker.
0: It's almost like you're stepping into the middle of the game rather than at the beginning of the game. It's, it's, <laughs> it's amazing. Are you coming across a lot of pushback? Are there a lot of companies out there underestimating AI and the pace of AI's evolution within your industry?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think that You know the agency industry has has only just started to evolve from. Have you ever seen Mad Men? Yes. (laughs) Right. So, like the agency industry has only just started the evolution from from the Mad Men era, and and frankly, in large corporates, that era still exists. So there is a lot of pushback, and that and frankly, there has been a lot of pushback for a long time, just on all digital methodologies. What we found though is that companies like ours that are adopting sort of blank sheets of paper and sort of building from scratch we're able to move much much faster than our competitors so at a very simple level when there's an RFQ we are able to respond normally within 6 hours however detailed the RFQ is because let's say it was a let's say it was a governmental RFQ 60 pages okay well I have news i hope it's not a shock to anyone who writes these RFQs we don't read them we just don't right we get to what's your budget, what are your objectives, and that's what we build up. Okay, but now what we're able to do is we're able to train the AI and say, here's an RFQ, yep. how would you respond?
0: Yep, knowing our business model, <laughs> knowing our business, how exactly. would you, what's the best way for us to respond to it? Yeah.
2: Correct. And, and we don't take minutes? that. It's not gospel. <laughs> exactly. And the key is, though, Marcus, that you don't take it as, it's not gospel. It's not like no. set in stone. No. It's just a guide. Sure. It's just a guide. It's just asking for advice from another person. I may have a problem next week, right? And I know that if I send you an email and say, Mark, I've got this issue with my business, what do you think? I know that you'll, you'll take the time to respond to me. And that's exactly how an AI should be treated too. It's just someone to give you some advice. Yeah. I'm under no obligation to take the AI's advice, but at least it will allow me to think in a slightly different way.
0: Yeah, it's it really is a magical time because the opportunity is there. And I do know, like for instance, my mom who loves to tune into my show and watch the show, she has a very negative kind of perception of AI, that it's going to be used for wicked deeds, <laughs> and, right? And, oh. you know, some people would even say, hey, maybe this is cheating. But it's it's no different than the cheating we did, you know, way back when, when we went from punch cards to keyboards, and all of a sudden we, were, we didn't need as many office staff in order to process information, because now everybody had a computer in front of their face,
2: right? Of course, 100%. And yeah like if you think back to I remember in earlier in my career I used to have to fax 30 page contracts to clients I used to fax them <laughs> and then suddenly I could just email them so yeah these evolutions happen and look to some extent your mother's right hello mother if you're uh, watching today all technology can be used for evil right Absolutely. all technology can be used for bad yep. such a great idea of email turned into a you know a, a, a web spamming people sure but That doesn't make, the tool itself is not inherently evil. It is the user and how they use the tool that defines whether something is good or bad. Yeah,
0: and then it's up to us as human beings. I mean, we talked before we went live about this idea about critical thinking, about how we have to leverage our own critical thinking to say, to ask the questions, who, what, where, when, why, how, and make sure that the information we're getting and put checks and balances in place. But, But it's no different, it's no different than... You know, the invention of the car. Yes, somebody can get into a car and plow down a bunch of pedestrians. That's evil. But on most sides, we have hundreds of billions of cars on the planet that are being used in a respectful, proper
2: manner. (laughs) 100%. You're (laughs) absolutely right.
0: I'd love to get into some strategies that businesses can use because I do know that people are slow to adopt. It's frightful. The, The fear of change is enormous. So I'd like to get into some strategies that businesses can use to adapt the future of marketing and we'll get to that right after this when the spotlight shines on your business are customers applauding or yawning in other words how is your business performing Make your business a star with a new book, Lights, Camera, Action, Business Operational Excellence Through the Lens of Live Theater by Mark Hain. Mark uses his business and acting experience to help you see your business like a live show so you can create a performance your customers will never forget. Buy Lights, Camera, Action today at your favorite online retailer or directly at markhain.com. Welcome back. I'm speaking with the founder and CEO of Kush Digital, Aziz Musa. Uh, Aziz, what are the, um, the short-term opportunities available to businesses today who want to leverage the power of AI in their marketing? What should they be taking advantage of right this moment?
2: They should all have an account on ChatGPT. And assuming they can afford the $20 a month, they should have the premium version. And the first step is to stop using Google. You have a search question, ask ChatGPT, okay? Now, a lot of people, and we alluded to this slightly, a lot of people assumed that Google would start to penalize AI content. Okay. So if you created blog posts that were supported in any way by AI, it's not hard for an algorithm to spot the AI exists, the AI content exists. So why didn't they penalize that content? And the reason is because Google themselves have their own AI barred and that will continue to evolve too. Today, right now, ask, your AI about you and about your business. It's only trained on the internet. So if I were to ask the AI, and by the way, I did do this, yeah? So I was to say, um, tell me about Mark Hain. Now, as it happens, Mark has a very widespread presence online. And so there was a lot of information that came back. Okay, well that's a really good thing for you and for your sort of industry because In your industry, because it means that your reach is really high, if we were to use sort of marketing lingo. Mm -hmm. So then do the same thing of yourself and your business and see, does the AI even know that you exist? Okay. If it doesn't, then you can start to ask it, how can I build my awareness in this target demographic? What are the cheap, simple things that I can do today that would allow me to reach more customers? And start talking to it like you would talk to a business advisor.
0: I love that you know that is so it's such a simple way to get started and even if you are the biggest pessimist on the planet you're still going to get feedback that again you can read through it you can take a look at it and say gosh darn it i think this makes sense
2: <laughs> 100% and the learning curve is so 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 shallow like you will you'll will get into into chatgpt like my my mother who just had her 70th birthday now uses chat gpt to write her meal plans for the week she tells chat gpt her macros from her my fitness pal and she says these are the things that i like and it will write her meal plan and it will give her a shopping list and it will give her recipes for anything that she's never cooked in the past and she's 70 yeah
0: yeah it's that easy it's that easy <laughs> So strategies for businesses to adapt the future of marketing, where the demand for personalization and personal interactions are in high demand. How do we start leveraging that component of it to the outreach that we make it that we now can start looking at if we do the the search, the question, the prompt on what, how do I service my ideal clients? How do I get them to see me? What advice would you get as far as strategies around that?
2: It really depends where you are in like the evolution of of your business. Generally speaking though for most, most startups there are two objectives. One is sort of grow awareness which let's call that a medium term objective because mm-hmm. the first objective is get your client get your first clients right because you you're chasing toward break even and you probably have a cash runway. And so there is th- there's sort of two objectives there. For the first objective for the reach it, you know be active Across the channels, create content, distribute content. Uh, that's I think that's that's always been and kind of for at least for the next n- number of years will continue to be really important. But for the second one, which is getting to your clients quickly, I think and I, I noticed you know your book lights camera action and I, I you know I think that the lessons I'm sure within there are around crafting a story and delivering that in a really passionate um, way that people will remember. Okay. So back when I was doing my MBA, there was this concept of the elevator pitch. And it's Mm -hmm. kind of disappeared from the lexicon. But I think it's more important now than ever before to really work on crafting your elevator pitch and not just using the words, but delivering the performance, delivering the elevator pitch so that it is memorable with personal stories. And then you will be surprised how far those stories travel.
0: It changes the purpose of the elevator pitch, I think, because we first of all, we've never had to do a pitch in an elevator because everybody's too busy doing this. (laughs) And and, but to your point, it changes the purpose of the elevator pitch to being this very succinct statement that you're just going to vomit all over people to now turning into, you know, when somebody asks you how what you're doing and, and how you're doing and, you know, what are you all about? You start off with something like, well, you know how and then you start with the problem statement, and you start understanding. You start giving them back their problem, so that it starts resonating. Uh, am I on point there?
2: Well, a hundred percent. And you definitely know more about this th- than me. And and I think one of the things I had a I gave a speech recently, and it wasn't the aim of the speech wasn't for lead generation. It was it was for just awareness of a very specific issue. And the start of my speech, everybody went up. All the speakers went up and they had their slides and their presentation and, and the lighting was, and I asked for a single spot light and a black background. Of course, the organizers were just like, oh my God, what's going to happen? And I started my speech with war isn't as bad as you think it is. It's a million times worse. And instantly everybody's engaged and now we can tell the story and you're never, as long as you keep that story moving at the right pace at the right cadence, you're going to drag them all the way through and you're going to get that message across. And unsurprisingly, people remember the story, right? And they therefore enact an action that I wanted them to enact. And that's what we do as marketers. But as a founder, as a startup founder, if you haven't learned the art of performance, you really should.
0: Absolutely, and that goes for anybody. Anybody who's in business understand the art of performance. Brilliant. Aziz, this is really fascinating and I'm sure there are people, like right now we have, Quite a few people on this on this call. Nobody's asked questions yet. But uh, if somebody wanted to reach out to you and say, you know, I want to pick your brain, I want to work with you, how can they get in contact with you?
2: The easiest way to reach me is uh, LinkedIn. Um, so Aziz moose on LinkedIn, or you can email me aziz at cush.digital is also fine. So either of those ways, and and I'm always really willing to help people if I can, uh, if I if I have the knowledge or I have some advice, I'm always willing to do that. I think it's kind of incumbent. On as much like much like you do this, I, I have my own podcast, Coffee with Kush, and all I do is talk about sort of the challenges in digital and and helping people sort of shortcut those issues.
0: Yeah, yeah. this idea of uh, so strategies that people can be using right now, the number one strategy just start using it, start asking questions, start, you know, treating it like it's a trusted advisor that you're going to take with a grain of salt, <laughs> use critical thinking. Mm-hmm. Are there anything else uh, any any other ways you think that we can get people over the hump of uncertainty as they start exploring this? I think
2: the easiest way to get over the hump of uncertainty is realize this truth. You are already consuming AI-written content whether you know it or not isn't relevant. It's already happened. So, it's okay if you make a decision that you are fundamentally opposed to AI, that's perfectly fine, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't take advantage of it right in front of you right now. And by the way, this period of time, like I said before, it, it is limited. This is not The heyday is not going to last forever. And I honestly think it's 18 months, maybe two years, but take advantage today because it's not going to exist in a couple of years' time.
0: Yeah. And then when you do start ad- adopting it when it's too late, you're behind, so behind that it's not going to end up working for you for what you want it to do. So it's it's really important to get started. Can we discuss the impact of AI beyond marketing? What are some of your ideas about what you're seeing as far as the world in general, the business community in general?
2: Well, let's go wider than that. I don't think that there is an industry that will not be impacted by AI. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and that was the seismic shift element. So the paradigm shift has happened in the seismic shift, imagine a world where when you have an ailment, God forbid, go to a doctor and the triage, you know, not at the moment you're doing a triage with a nurse or something. You go to a triage and there is a machine in front of you that asks you questions. And those questions are very specific to you because it has all of your medical history. And then it essentially chucks out a theoretical diagnosis and the doctor, his only job is to confirm that diagnosis and the treatment and you know, We say that like that's a sci-fi movie. I say that and even when I'm hearing myself, it's like that's a sci-fi movie. That already exists. I've seen a hospital in Israel that already does this. This isn't theoretical anymore. This is happening now, okay? So lawyers, how many lawyers, their entire jobs are just entirely transforming now. Writing contracts has essentially become a task that's outsourceable to an AI. If you think of an industry, the odds are that it will be transformed or at least massively impacted by AI. In the wider business context, what that really means is huge new opportunities, huge new opportunities. Because do you have the yellow pages in Canada?
0: The yellow pages? My yellow pages are sitting on a shelf from 1980-something, and for some reason, the pages turned more yellow.
2: So (laughs) I remember, you know, we would always get the yellow pages and it was such an important part of every household in the UK to have the yellow pages, Yeah, right? And then overnight, the relevance of the yellow pages just (laughs) entirely disappeared and people thought, oh my gosh, like, um, you know, people are going to lose their jobs at the the yellow pages. And, And actually, I know the company that bought the yellow pages and they entirely went online and they didn't lose their jobs, they just transformed what they were doing. I worked in the publishing industry that used to print magazines like New Scientist magazine. And again, it just all shifted online. So the trick isn't to worry about what um, negative impacts AI will have. The trick is, as an entrepreneur, to ask, how will this impact my industry and how can I benefit? Mm. Because there's always a benefit. There's always a benefit. There's always a way. And if you're, you know... If you're at level one thousand on this, then you can ask the AI itself, how do you think you're gonna impact my industry?
0: Yeah. And chances are if you do that right this second, it'll come up with some some ideas that you hadn't considered. It's really interesting, you know, the hesitation to jump on new technology. I always I go back to like the first episode of Downton Abbey, if you've ever watched it, where Mary goes in to see Granny and Granny's still got candles burning. And she's like, Granny, why don't you turn on the, the power? We, we installed electricity. And Granny's like, ah, oh, it'll probably set fire to the whole house. There's going to be fire in my walls. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and, and I get that sense when I talk to people about AI about the fear comp- component to it. But this idea that there's always opportunity and where we're struggling with things like not enough people in the workforce to be able to cater to the jobs that we need done, when healthcare is being pushed in so many different directions. You know, all of a sudden, this, this technology comes in, and if we leverage it right, it could be like a tool that speeds up diagnostic. It increases patient care across the board. And like just my mother had a, had a blood test, and I was able to go online and actually get the results of the test. So now that we go to the doctor, we no longer have to wait for the doctor to tell us what we need to do. The next yeah. the conversation just automatically goes to what's the plan?
2: <laughs> yeah, Absolutely and i think you're right you know resistance to change is a natural facet of who we are i mean stability is sort of the holy grail of human beings we seek it all of our lives we want that moment of stability i think the difference in this era versus let's say 30 years ago is that those changes 30 years ago were coming every decade maybe every half decade right and now we're, we're seeing changes every month and one of them I was talking to a colleague recently who was asking, you know, what do you think is the most important facet of or personality trait of an entrepreneur? And historically, I've always had the answer grit—you know, the ability to tough something out. Yeah. And I think that that probably still holds true. But I think now my number one greatest asset of an entrepreneur is a willingness to suspend ego Uh and just learn, just learn, just accept learning. And yeah, I think that that's kind of the number one facet. And so often, if you really look at successful entrepreneurs, there's a reason why people say, oh, you know, he's such a nice guy. But he's such a nice guy because he doesn't really have an agenda. He is willing and, and ready to learn from the people around him. And that, I think, is probably the greatest asset that you can have as an entrepreneur nowadays. hmm yeah.
0: You know, we've talked a lot about a lot of things that we can do with AI. I'd like to talk about some of the cautionaries behind it, and I'd like to get to that right after this.
1: Attention, meeting and event planners. Is your company or association planning a live or virtual conference seminar or staff retreat? Are you looking for a fresh, energetic perspective on what it takes to put on a jaw-dropping experience for your customers or staff? Book Customer Experience Expert Mark Hayne for your next group event. Past participants have said, Mark kept us in stitches while teaching us how important and powerful actually designing our customer experience can be. Read more testimonials and find out how Mark can serve you and your group at markkane.com. That's M-A-R-C-H-A-I-N-E.com.
0: We are having an absolute phenomenal discussion about leveraging the power of artificial intelligence in marketing, but more so in connecting with our ideal clients. Aziz, when we start thinking about this new technology, we mentioned that this window could be 18 months, two years before it's going to get old, overused, flogged to death, and we're going to be waiting for the next iteration of something to create that person-to-person connection. What are some of the cautionaries about adopting this new technology now? What are some things we should be aware of?
2: AI lies; it is a liar. I, you know, I've seen it myself many times. You know, well, I'll be getting researching something for a white paper, and I'll ask it to reference, and it will just make up references. It, it will make up references on the fly. So don't believe it all the time because it it lies. I think that's the first and the most important thing to say. I also think that. I've seen many people who are just entirely reliant on AI for producing their content. And I want to make it clear that myself personally and that us as a company, we use AI as a support tool to help us deliver the end product. But the end product is a human product, yes. whether that's a blog post or a social media post or a lead generation campaign or whatever it is. the end product is human, but the support behind that is AI. And I think that it's very easy to take that human element away and just say, oh, well, I'll just let AI deal with all of this. And, and there are tools, there are workflow tools that are entirely AI driven. But I just think that that is so dangerous because AI doesn't have, it doesn't have all of the knowledge, right? So if you're doing a LinkedIn outreach campaign using whatever, Dripify or something, it doesn't know that you had an issue with that colleague who's still your connection on LinkedIn, but happens to be in the target demographic. So it will still contact him, Do you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. there's still like that human element is really critical. It, it cannot be replaced i think how we use it will change but it cannot be replaced the human element and so you know i I definitely caution people against being entirely reliant on ai
0: and that that would just smack of laziness right I, i don't think when it comes down to ai i don't think it gives us permission to start being lazy i think more than anything else like just like if if you know if i ask you for advice and then you tell me something the fact that I take your advice is because I trust you, you've proven yourself worthy to me, and that you haven't let me down before. However, when it's a brand new relationship, it's like, okay, well, that's great advice. I'm just going to go, and I'm going to fact check it. I'm going to go and check and see how viable this is. I'm going to do my own research, and we need to do the same thing with, with AI as
2: well. Yeah. A big liar. Absolutely. <laughs> it's a stupid
0: liar. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Anything else? I think that just I, I guess my, my my final point on that is that you're quite right. like you can't expect AI to enable your laziness, right? As an entrepreneur, as a startup owner, the thing that you have above your competitors, particularly if they're bigger companies, is your willingness to work harder than them. Like that's it. Ultimately, if you have the willingness to push yourself further than can be reasonably expected of you as a human being, then that's a massive advantage. Now, AI can accelerate how much you can get done in a day, but you still need to get that stuff done, right? You still need to do the doing. And so I think that that's probably the most important thing of all, right? Ultimately, nobody ever started a startup and was successful by sitting down, waiting for the result. It's about the relentless effort that you put into it and your willingness to be totally unreasonable with yourself and your own expectations.
0: And that's true for anything, I think, in business. I mean, you became the youngest CEO in the UK, like for a traded company in the the UK. You didn't do that by saying, hey, I think I have an idea. Why don't we get a whole bunch of people together and start brainstorming whether this is a great, right? I mean, you had to move in order to make stuff happen.
2: A hundred percent. And, you know, and I think that I was willing to do that. I was willing to push myself further and faster than the people around me, actually. And And actually, when I, when I moved come, whenever I moved companies, I was always conscious of that. I wanted to know, okay, who's the performer here? And what do I, what can I learn from this person? And so I was just, even when at a young age in my early twenties, I was just soaking up so much information, but I was just unreasonable with myself. I Mm -hmm. was entirely unreasonable with myself and I pushed myself. And yeah, I just think that that's irreplaceable. You can't mimic that. No AI can mimic that. That just. Is. And so if you hold on to that and you're willing to push yourself and be unreasonable with yourself, then yeah, that's the, I think that's an important facet of of successful entrepreneurs.
0: Yeah, I love that. Uh, This has been such a fabulous conversation. Before we wrap up, do you have any last thoughts about what we're talking about today, especially in the implementation of using AI within the context of people's business to market themselves, to reach out, to create that human connection?
2: Yeah. Just, once you've started the process I would ask the and I do this quite regularly I would ask the AI okay what should I do what do you think I should do give me a list of 10 lead generation ideas that I could implement and test today and then do the doing yeah so don't just this isn't an exercise in knowledge gathering it's an exercise in accelerating learning and so if you can use the AI to help you ideate and then execute really quickly that's that's super valuable but what I will say is that like we've mentioned a number of times, there is like a a lifespan to this. What there is not a lifespan to is human connection. And I I think we've gone past the era of content is king, and we're gonna move into the era of connection is king. And I think that human connection is gonna be more important over the next decade than ever before. Even before, even pre-internet, I think now with the access of so much information, access to so much information, human connection, is going to supersede everything. And so don't be afraid of, you know, get the advice. Okay, if you want to do, if you want a cold call, that's fine. Get the advice from the AI. You know, how could I engage people in a friendly way on a cold call and maybe even help it modify your script or whatever it is? But then do the doing and don't be afraid of doing the human connection element.
0: I love that. You know, and when you're thinking about all the melt- mental wellness and mental well being that we're hearing in the news constantly, Especially in the realms of seniors, where loneliness now is its own pandemic. I think you're absolutely right. I think we're going to get to a point where the world is just going to demand, I want to be with people. I want human contact. I don't want to deal with your VA. I don't want to deal with your secretary. I want to be face-to-face with you because you're the person who holds all the cards for me. So, yeah. You're right.
2: You're 100% right, I think.
0: Could you remind everybody one more time how they can get a hold of you?
2: Sure. Um, I'm easiest to get hold of on LinkedIn, Aziz Musa, A-Z-I-Z-M-U-S-A, or you can just email me directly at uh, aziz at kush.digital.
0: Thank you very much. for This has been such a thrilling conversation. I can't believe we've blown through 53 minutes just like that. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to thank you so much for sharing your passion and your expertise with us. This has been truly, truly brilliant.
2: Uh, it's been my pleasure, and I have uh, I've taken a lot from it. So thank you so much, Mark. Thank you.
0: Why don't you let me know if this was of value to you? This was a great conversation. But as always, my offer stands. If you would like 30 minutes of my time to brainstorm your business with you and your team, feel free to book yourself on my online calendar. It's the one marked meetwith.markhain.com. It's in the show notes. It would be my absolute honor to be of service to you. And while you're at it, why don't you go ahead and leave a comment or a review about this episode? I'd love to get your feedback. Was this of value to you? Did you learn anything? Bigger yet, is there anything that you'd like me to uncover in future episodes? I loved having you here. Thank you so much for joining me. My name is Mark Hain. I hope that you stay safe, stay healthy, and I hope you dare to be the exception.
1: Thank you for joining us this week on Experience Leadership. Make sure you visit markhain.com for full directory of available episodes. While you're at it, if you found today's content valuable, please share it and tell your friends about the show. As Mark says, knowledge is power, but only if you share it. Be sure to tune in each week for the newest episode. Please stay safe, stay healthy, and dare to be the exception.